Ross McKnight. Do I really need to introduce this guy? <laughs> so Ross, I seem to have lost your bio. It's not up here, but I can, I can wing it. It's okay. That's terrifying. So if you don't know, Ross McKnight is known as the canceled farmer now. And what happened to him is he did something very simple. On our radio station, on my radio show, we declared, uh, we conspired with some of our friends here, that we were not going to allow another Pride Month to go without opposition. And so we practiced, we, de we decided that we were going to celebrate Humility Month instead, the opposite of Pride. And we made a little sign called Celebrate Humility Month, yard signs. We sold a couple hundred of these things. Ross was one of the ones that got one, and he had the audacity to display it at a farmer's market and post it on his Instagram feed that he was celebrating the month of the Sacred Heart and not, well, you know, Buggery Month. For this, he was rewarded by his clients who had been buying ducks from him for years and Fogwa. He was rewarded by them canceling their contracts. And as Ross said at the time, Brah, I never asked you about your religious views. Why are you worried about mine? My ducks are going to taste the same. But in keeping with the times, Ross then became the canceled farmer. The story got out. LifeSite News, Remnant Newspaper, Remnant Video, Crusade Channel, many, many people. Fox News interviewed that man. Sympathy and empathy from around the United States began to flow in. This is the guy, as he told me when I met him two years ago, Mike, I'm just a poor farmer. <laughs> and indeed he is, but he's, he's not poor in spirit. And so from Going across the United him. States, people began to I'm offer, can spirit, I buy your ducks? <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to ship them. Well, we got to do something. So someone established a fund to raise some funds. It was very successful. And Ross found out that there were people across the United States who agree that enough is enough with this rainbow month. And that this man, there was a family of five. You have people canceling food on his t table because he said Jesus Christ is king. I want to help that guy. That's who Ross McKnight is. Ross is also... How many of you know where Bush, Louisiana is? I know where it is. <laughs> Mike, do you know where Bush, Louisiana is? <laughs> it's in the bush. Ross lives on a farm in Bush, Louisiana. Bush, Louisiana is a wonderful place. Uh, if you ever get a chance, you should go there. And, and uh, Ross is, uh, I told you all about the family and the devotion to the Sacred Heart. Ross is going to speak today, and he is a family, father of five. Uh, his father lives uh, on, the, on the property. They raise ducks, grouse, chickens, pigs. Name the animal if it snorts, oinks, or you know what, Ross probably raises it. He is indeed a simple, very, uh, very uh, uh, poor Catholic farmer, and he's very proud of that. He's going to talk to us today on the subject of the war for our Louisiana Catholic patrimony, an honor and an obligation. So put your hands together for the canceled farmer, Ross McKnight. Come on, it's a rally! It's a rally! Come on, it's a rally! Come on, it's a rally. Okay, I have to clarify a couple of things. <laughs> One is, uh, it's called the New Von Day, and uh, Father Chad doesn't like that, because um, he said new things are suspicious, so <laughs> I, I do invite you to be suspicious of us, that's fine. Just, just, 
I guess you'll just find out. We're pretty clear on the other side of that examination. But um, it, it just, Vendée continued, didn't have much of a ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, also don't know where my speech is. Here it is. Okay. Secondly, the poor farmer thing is kind of a joke. Um, you know, farming doesn't make a ton of money, but it does make a really good life. And our children get to grow up on a farm. And I recommend it to anyone who's willing to... Um, hate themselves. Um, so, <laughs> it's also a joke, I love farming, it's great. It's fantastic. Okay. Uh, no, I love making, I love producing foie gras. We're, um, it's, it's a beautiful tradition, so we hope to continue it, maybe teach some people too. Okay, I guess we'll get started now. Tout tremble autour de nous. L'esprit humain saisi de vertige semble n'avoir qu'un seul but, détruire, détruire sans cesse. Les dynasties n'existent plus, les peuples se donnent encore des maîtres, mais ne veulent plus de rois. Et lorsqu'on crie hérédité, l'écho moqueur répond, révolution. Everything trembles around us. The human spirit seized with vertigo seems to have but one aim, to destroy, to destroy without ceasing. The dynasties exist no more. The people give themselves masters once again, but they wish no longer for kings. And all the while we cry heredity, or tradition, as we might cry, while a mocking echo responds, Revolution. These words of my ancestor, Emeric de Nux, were written in 1866, just two years before his immigration, from France to New Orleans, and then to Marksville and Avoyles. They describe a Europe desolate of God, decimated by revolution, a Europe in crisis, Victor Emmanuel of Italy and General Garibaldi having encroached on the borders of the Papal States. The French army, having withdrawn under the pretenses of the liberal policy of non-intervention, meaning, oh, that's happening to you over there, I guess, so good luck with that. Um, we can't intervene because that would be, you know, we'd be infringing on your sovereignty, so you can do evil, I guess, it's all right. Um, so this is called non-intervention. And thus leaving the sovereign pontiff, Pius IX, to the mercy of the secular powers who wish to make him a pawn of governments, a tool of the ongoing revolution in Europe. So not long before this was published, the Pope in question, who was Pius IX, like I've said, had requested the publication, which would occur in 1859, of the Freemasons' blueprint to infiltrate and destroy the Catholic Church, which is called the Permanent Instruction of the Alta Vendita. And it contains this statement, quote, Our ultimate end is that of Voltaire and of the French Revolution, the final destruction of Catholicism, and even of the Christian idea, end quote. And also, quote, what we must ask for, what we should look for and wait for as the Jews wait for the Messiah is a pope according to our needs. With that, we shall march more securely towards the assault on the church than with the pamphlets of our brethren in France and even the gold of England. Do you want to know the reason for this? 
it is that with this, in order to shatter the high rock on which God has built his church, we no longer need Hanabalian vinegar, or need gunpowder, or even need our arms. We have the little finger of the successor of Peter engaged in the ploy, and this little finger is as good for this crusade as all the Urban Seconds and all the St. Bernards in Christendom." End quote. Does this remind you at all of our situation today in the church or in the world? What has changed in 160 years? Christendom leaves not but a trace. Europe is destroyed by liberalism. Everywhere, the enemies of Christ march to their last victory. And we, we Louisiane, we who were sold to an avaricious, liberal president by a Corsican usurper who took the crown out of the Pope's hand, who placed it on his own head, the crown of the Christian emperors, rather than allowing the church to do what is her right, and thus making once again a declaration of the rights of man, as was done during the French Revolution, over and above the rights of God, the statement we Catholics know as non servian from Napoleon, thief of the inheritance of Christendom, we were handed to an even more pernicious enemy, the Freemasons, who from Anglophone transplant governor William C.C. Claiborne onward have occupied 22 governorships between 1812 and the present day. It was during the term of the Freemason John M. Parker, another Anglophone transplant and registered Democrat who participated in a lynch mob that killed 11 Italian immigrants in New Orleans, that the new Louisiana Constitution outlawed the use of French as the primary language in the schools, bringing about an unprecedented cultural persecution. <laughs> language bears the culture. Language carries the religion. Language is the glue that holds a people together. In Louisiana, a language such as French. In Louisiana's churches, a language such as Latin. But we've given ground, step by step, to liberalism and the ideals of the revolution. That is revolution with a capital R, of which the American Revolution was but a part. We who have suffered cultural genocide under the political occupation of our homeland, we amongst whom still walk those whose mother tongue, la langue de nos ancêtres, was beaten out of them in the schools. Like an old woman I know of who as a child was unable to ask how to go to the restroom in English and was therefore made to sit in her own mess as her teacher mocked her. We've given ground why. Why? For the sake of Americanism, homogenization, subjugation to a way of life that was not then our own, that was not built upon the strong foundations of the faith carried from Acadie down to the rivers and bayous of our beloved Louisiana, a way of life that offers comfort and convenience over duty and responsibility, the illusions of being a good citizen by accepting equity and inclusion, perhaps other words for uh, liberté, égalité, fraternité, 
when we should reject with vehemence this vice and error with the forceful retort, freedom comes from God. The principle of authority comes from God. And true brotherhood and dignity is found in Christ alone. When we should reject the satanic objectives of a new world order, where do we stand? Do we declare the rights of man? Do we stand with the revolution? The Marxists, of whom the French revolutions, as Father Partin mentioned, were but a precursor, the proto-Marxists. The leftists, the sex ideologues. Do we stand with the overthrow? The assertion of license and libertinism and the weakening and disenfranchisement of the glory of God. The leveling of all cultures and religions, the turning of all order upon its very head as we set the rights of man over and above the undeniable, absolute, immutable, and all-encompassing rights of God. The attack on the divine order for the fever dream of a human utopia that we have witnessed in these most recent years of propaganda and enslavement devolving into nightmare after nightmare and which will usher in a hellscape more grim and bleak than we can possibly imagine, rivaling even the suicide en masse of the West through the last two world wars. As Mike mentioned, I experienced a little something of the state of affairs in Louisiana because in this June, I made known in my own small way that myself and my family and our business would assert the rights of God over the rights of man. When we upheld the claim of the Sacred Heart to the month of June, the Sacred Heart, an ancient devotion with the month of June long established as a time to remember our Lord's tremendous, all-consuming, burning, and suffering love for man, we were met with nothing but blind rage and blind rejection. It didn't matter that I, a small-time artisan farmer, had five children and a wife to feed and care for. It didn't matter that I was one of those local farmers and producers that these restaurateurs claimed to support. It didn't matter that we had friendly relations, just like it didn't matter during the revolution when friends and neighbors killed each other. It didn't matter that day after day my family and I make a real concrete contribution to Louisiana by reclaiming and establishing a great jewel of her cultural patrimony. It didn't matter that my children could possibly go hungry or that destitution could result. What mattered to these people who have chosen libertinism and license, who have been caught hook, line, and sinker by the lies of the world, the flesh, and the devil, was that we stood in the way of the so-called rights of man that we oppose the irascible and irrational imposition of pure will and caprice, and the social acceptance of grave and serious sins and offenses against our Lord. What matters is that we behaved as our forefathers here in this land and our forebears in the faith would have behaved when faced with reprehensible and abhorrent ideas and practices that have no place in a Catholic culture such as ours founded as it was upon an ardent and unyielding determination to keep the faith of the eldest daughter of the church. Could we have justified acting otherwise? When my ancestor sacrificed his inheritance, bestowing it upon his sister, and came to Louisiana to live a virtuous life, serving his neighbors and his God, to build an inheritance in a land where perhaps there was still hope of a restoration of Christendom, to be the patriarch 
of generations of Louisiane and to die as we know from his obituary with the image of his Savior upon his very lips. Can any of us continue to justify acting otherwise than jamming our heels into the wet, sodden ground of Louisiana, daughter of the eldest daughter of the church, la fille de la fille née de l'église, when Beausoleil Broussard and the Acadians fought tooth and nail to defend their faith and their traditions, refusing to swear loyalty to a Protestant king, refusing to give up the dowry of the bride of Christ for the paltry offerings of a false peace. No, not when they wish to take our children's very bodies to the chopping block. No, not when the Acadians carried their lives and their children upon their backs thousands of miles down to the bayous, down to the rivers, down to Les Prairies, where they built, just down the road, a little church, St. Martin of Tours, that yet stands, where they found a little piece of Christendom that yet remained, where they found a warm welcome by the French governor, Dabadi, who sent them Father Sevray, where they found a place to raise their children in the faith. And what will we leave for our children? In the words of the famous defender of the social reign of Christ the King, Cardinal P. of Poitiers, when the Christianity of a country is reduced to the bare proportions of the domestic life, when Christianity is no longer the soul of public life, of public power, of public institutions, then Jesus Christ deals with this country in the manner he is there dealt with. He continues to give his grace and his blessings to the individuals who serve him. But he abandons the institutions, the powers which do not serve him, and the institutions, the kings, the nations, become like shifting sand in the desert. They fall away like the autumn leaves which are gone with the wind. What sort of society will we leave our children? Will we remain merely a formerly Catholic land, now occupied by the infidel in New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Lake Charles, and even in the small town libraries, even on a beer can just across the bayou at the brewery, which is just five minutes down the road from the Auguste Nonco Pelafig Foundation, by the sodomites, the groomers, the transsexualists, the pedophiles, the power-hungry devotees and servants of the satanic New World Order, Libertines all, their lives the rational conclusion of liberty without the laws of God. Ladies and gentlemen, or madame et monsieur, they are now in our very streets. Will we allow our beloved Louisiana to continue to degenerate into a den of mutilation and depravity where before our fathers laid brick upon brick to build up the altars of God. What sort of society will we leave our children? Will we give them nothing but the language of the conquered, la langue des vaincus? Yes, it is true our institutions have been run by foreigners for generations, foreigners of ideology, foreigners to the faith, foreigners to the family values that have fostered, protected, and passed on our traditions for generations. These enemies of Christ 
give us the French language on their terms and the public schools where our innocents may learn any number of vile things, where the language is that of the secular world, isolated from the idioms of a people steeped in the history of the church, her fasts, her feasts, her beauty, her light, her love, and the hope of salvation. And yet, even so, there is hope. There is hope if we will say with the villagers of Doulon and the Vendée. They have killed our king, chased away our priests, sold the goods of our church, eaten everything we have, and now they want to take our bodies. No, they shall not have them. There is hope, if nothing else, to sacrifice, to repair, to oppose the incursions of degeneracy, to repel the outsiders with their flags of many colors, which, when all colors finally are blended, will commingle to become the black flag of the father of lies, the one who refused to serve, non serviam, he said, as he flaunted his license to do as he pleases. Will you serve? Will you trust in God? Or will you place your trust in librarians? Librarians. Make love whatever you please, or acknowledge and accept the love that God gives to us as his supreme gift and which strengthens us to carry the cross of civilization until the end of our days when we must pass it on to our children, having formed them in our faith, our history, our culture, our language. Will you enthrone our Lord and the image of his sacred heart in your homes, making him king over yourselves, your families, and all your possessions? and submitting all of your actions to his most holy will? Will you take to the public square and work to resist the rising tide of hedonism and Satanism that, with its searching tentacles, seeks to tear open the walls of our homes and rip our families apart? Will you fight to reclaim our Louisiana Catholic patrimony by taking up the cross of intentionally Relearning all that has been hidden from our view by globalist, Marxist, and Freemasonic forces and the diabolical effort to destroy that which makes us uniquely dedicated to Christ as one of the greatest incubators of Christian civilization and an effort to destroy our mother tongue that protected us for so long from outside interests opposed to our way of life. Will you press onward to restore Christendom in Louisiana? to reconquer this land here and now for the social reign of Christ, our God and King. In short, will you reject the world, the flesh, and the devil? Will you reject Satan and all his works? I believe that you will. I believe that you will take up the standard of the sacred heart and bear it forward into the fray. On what grounds do I believe this? Beausoleil Broussard, Father Jean-Louis de Loutre, Father Jean-François de Sivray, Mother Henriette de Lille, Miss Charlene Richard, Father Joseph Verbi Lafleur. And because of the Knights of the Sacred Heart that stand up all around me and who have laid the path before us, including Mr. Michael Matt here and Father Chad here, Mr. Church, Mr. Lamott, and many of you. I believe this because of a man 
who walked the very streets of Arnoville, because of Auguste Nonco Pelafigue, who, rosary in hand, traveled the streets and byways for 68 years, spreading devotion to the Sacred Heart, casting nets to capture souls for Christ. May he be the good uncle of our movement, just as he was a dear friend and spiritual help to so many. I believe this because the Vendéans in France, from whom some of you even may be descended, with whom many of you may even share a name, whose devotion to the Holy Mass and to our Lord inspired them to take up arms to defend their homeland from the incursions of the bloodthirsty, godless, murderous French Revolution. They cried, Pour Dieu le Roi! For God the King! As they marched under the symbol of God's burning, self-sacrificial love for us, the Sacred Heart, driving back the enemies of the Church, the enemies of their King, the enemies of the peace of Christ. They marched, and they won many battles against the Blues for the glory of God, last great exemplars of the spirit of the Crusades. They fell finally in the Valley of the Loire, having spent themselves for all that is good and holy, for their religion, for their families, for the freedom to love God and to serve Him as He commands to be loved and to be served. Never forget that we are fighting for our holy religion. Never forget the holy martyrs of the Vendée who teach us that it is God who rules, not man. It is God who governs the course of the stars, not man. It is God who works all to the fulfillment of his will and his honor and his glory. Christus vincit, Christus regnat, Christus imperat. And so it is our choice either to participate in his great victory, his restoration, or to stand by and let things fall as they will, hiding in our bubbles and hoping that the revolution will leave us in peace, just as it left the paysan of the Vendée. We have a duty. It is our lot to minimize the casualties in this great war between heaven and hell. It is a duty of mercy that we fulfill. And that, by fighting a war for the restoration of Christian society, of going to battle against the festering sexual degeneracy that demoralizes and incapacitates the human soul, preventing it from reaching its end in Christ. For as our friend Cardinal P. has said, if the time has not come for Jesus Christ to reign, well, then the time has not come for governments to last. So let us take up the banner of the Sacred Heart, for we march now to war. We march now to defend the hearths, to retake the thrones for Christ, to ensure that only orthodoxy prevails at the altars of God, we are told sometimes by the modernists in the church that we should simply submit to the idea that one ought to render unto Caesar. Often they forget the next phrase. Conveniently omitted from such conversations is the fact that if we were to render unto God what is God's, what little would be left for Caesar? 
conveniently omitted is the fact that all authority comes from God and that Caesar participates in that authority only to the degree that he is doing the divine will of God. We are often encouraged to charity, a charity that is not truly itself, but is really cowardice by another name. I call you to true charity, the charity of the Acadians towards their children, the charity of the Vendéans. I call you to march now wherever there is evil, to the squares, to the courthouses, to the libraries, to the churches, because we can dialogue no more with the evil all around us. We can compromise no more. We must fight it, fight it with tireless ferocity until evil is exterminated or we ourselves are dead. We march now so that together perhaps we may one day proclaim again with confidence in the language of our ancestors, vive Dieu, vive le roi, vive la religion, vive le Sacré-Cœur, vive la Louisiane. Merci. Give me the phone for his power.